on a dark desert highway, cool wind in my hair, <laughs> warm smell of Kalitas rising up through the air. That's all I got. Have man. you heard the Spanish version of that one? No. I love it. I have it. I should let <laughs> you know, I'll send it to you so you can hear it, man. Yeah. Great track. You can never go wrong with that track. No, I like the Eagles, but I, you know, I'm a terrible singer. No, don't worry. This is not a, This is not the Construction Life Idol. This right. is just a construction life, so it's all about talking about our trades, man. Welcome, Mike. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Appreciate you being on here, and thank you so much for... I've never had honey, Jimmy Bean, man. Yeah, it's uh, really good. Just put it on ice, drink it straight and slow. It's and It's uh, nice and smooth. Yeah. Yeah, the honey, good. you can taste the honey there. Yeah, and also another, you can mix it with ginger ale, too. Ooh, there we go. Somebody's getting drunk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, so welcome to the show. Here we go. Uh, electrician, you're a licensed electrician? I'm a licensed electrician. I had a question. Angelina actually brought it up, which was really interesting. On Instagram, you've got electrician, then licensed, not licensed, then electrician. I just put it, uh, it's just the way I worded it. That's all it well, was? It's a licensed electrician, yeah, because there, there's different, um, you know, there's different licenses as an electrician as well, too, right? So. Well, that's right. Yeah, so I'm just a licensed 309A. Okay, not just. Just. <laughs> Some people are not even that. Yeah, not yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you can find Mike on IG at Mike underscore tool. Sorry, Mike's Under underscore tool underscore fun. Yeah. And then, yeah, that's a, okay. And the website is also Mike Tool Fun. It's a YouTube. I YouTube have, channel. I don't have a website. Got it. Okay, so yeah. you'll find it uh, if you search on YouTube for Mike's Mike's Tool Fun. Yeah. All right, so what do we want to chat about here? Before we get started, sorry. Uh, Cam, thanks so much for the tea. Uh, custom developments, I really appreciate it. Anybody want to reach out and give me a tea, let me know. It's an extra large. Uh, and then I'll throw it on and wear it while we're talking on the show. Uh, if you watch it on YouTube, you see me wearing it. I'm legitimately wearing the tees, man. So, so when you say tees, you're talking t-shirts. T-shirts, yeah. Okay. Sorry, tea, not the letter T. I was thinking uh, tea, you drink tea. Oh, tea. I do drink tea, too. <clears throat> yeah. But uh, I'm going to drink the honey. I'm not going to drink the tea. <laughs> then I might need the tea <laughs> after I finish the honey. Next day, yeah. Where do you want to begin, Mike? So um, how is it being a Sparky? And I guess let me ask you my first question. What type of vacuum do you have? Uh, I have the uh, Milwaukee Packout. The battery one. Back. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I know a lot of Sparkies out there don't have any vacuums and they don't have any brooms and they don't have any dust pans and... That's like the biggest gripe from every other trade. They always talk about all the little copper offcuts. And so that's why I ask every electrician, what, what's the vacuum you got? Yeah, so I'm an anomaly. I have the vacuum. I also bought all the attachments for it. I have the power head for it. So it's, you, you know, when I'm in uh, customers' houses, if I'm doing, say, a service call, I can vacuum their carpets. Yeah. I have a broom and dustpan, and I also have an expanding garbage can that I take with me and I'm the only one, I think, uh, who drags that garbage can around beside me on the job site. So as I do my rips, I rip it right into Whoa, the can. Oh, <laughs> I've never seen that. Yeah, really? Racketeer, Racketeer Tools makes it, and it's just a, it's a folding can. So it's just a small, you know, folds up, I throw it in the back of my van, and then you just... How big does it expand? It's like a full-size can. No way. Yeah. Really? Yep. Yeah, I but I've it. never seen a Sparky actually pull that out and use it. Yeah, I think I'm one of the only ones. <laughs> when did you get started, man? Uh, I started in 1994. This will be my second career. What were you doing before? Uh, I used to manage uh, special events like car shows and that for uh, automotive manufacturer. Nice. I, I was a subcontractor to them. Okay. And, so and anything like TV commercials, photo shoots, auto shows, all that kind of stuff. That's what I did in Canada. Nice. And then you got into why electrical? So I, le I, left, I left that position because i had kids and that job required traveling all the time and uh 
it just wasn't working out with uh, me being away from home all the time and having the kids. So yeah. I have family that are electricians and they got me into the trade. And since 95? Since, since 2014. Oh, oh, so that's brand new. <clears throat> Eight years. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I've been licensed for three. Nice. Yeah. And, and mostly commercial, resi? Uh, I'm mostly commercial. I do residential as well. Oh, I totally forgot. Hang on a sec. <laughs> we started recording because you got here early. You got to give me one second. Yeah, no problem. Just let it record. I totally forgot, man. No, 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 no. Yep. That's better. Sorry, Mike. Yeah, no problem. It's a live studio. Uh, where were we? Um, so, okay. So, yeah. So, being in the trades for me is new, re relatively new for the last eight years, years but you're yeah. already licensed. So, yeah. And commercial is the majority of what I do. Why do you prefer commercial over the resi? I do prefer commercial. The company I work for, we do all three. We do industrial, um, we do commercial, and we do residential. But I prefer commercial and I prefer small commercial jobs. I'm not into doing uh, like big, huge, uh, um, like apartment buildings or yeah. condo. I did for the company I worked for before, we did some apartment buildings and that, but I'm not, I don't like being on, I like to be able to just go on a job site rolling and only gonna be there for a couple of months and then go on to something new. I don't want to be stuck on a site for two or three years. That's a long time. It is. And a lot of them are along. And when you get in those big jobs, you could be there five years. But there's also, a, there's that vibe of blinders on and everybody just comes in, punches the clock, does the job and get out. There isn't a lot of, friendship so to speak you know what i'm saying right the well the other thing i like with this one is you're thinking a lot more so yeah. you, you get a set of drawings you're in a small facility and then you just if it's a renovation like i'm right now i'm on like a tour in ontario doing um renovations of a fast food restaurant and we do a store a week and basically it's the front area we demo it it's we go 24 7. Well, what's the size of the crew uh so there's i'm the only electrician on it and Are you doing a store a week? Yeah, it's just the front part of the store. Like, we're just ripping out the millwork. Yeah. I run a couple more circuits if I have to. And yeah. then uh, um, uh, we, so we, so we rip out the millwork. We trench the place. Um, the plumbing does their plumbing stuff. Um, we have the carpenters go 24-7. I come in, I do, like, maybe 8 to 10 hours a day. And then for five days or for six? Six days. I start on Sunday. And I usually finish by Thursday afternoon. Wow. And then on uh, Friday, we hand the store back over to the, to the owner. Does the whole schedule just get destroyed if you guys don't finish it on that week? Like yeah, so every, every store, we've, always, we've run into something. Yeah, that, I can uh, only assume. That's what I mean. Yeah, that causes us to uh, add a day. But we have a really good crew. Like, uh, the, so I work for a company called George Moore Electric. Okay. And then we have a sister company, which is Willowbrook Construction. Okay. And so we're both on this. So we work as a really good team. And, you know, when we run into those problems, we were able to just work at it. Like, we have a, a good open line of communication between myself, the the carpenters, and the plumber that's there, which is Eagle Eagle Eye uh, uh, Eagle Eye Plumbing, I can't remember. Okay, but yeah. Anyway, so we we have this huge this big open line of communication between each other, and the whole goal on that is just keep the trades moving forward. So uh, you know, we work with the GC, and and everything we we do is just try and keep those trades going forward. And so that's how we're able to. It seems like no matter what, we end up being done on time. Like, it just seems like that's how it always ends up. Even if it's something big, we've been delayed a day and a half, and we still end up handing the store over Friday afternoon. Wow. 
So it's just an oil machine. Like you guys all go in, it's done. Do you guys get a lot of pressure, I guess, from the management of the franchisee where it's like every day is not being making money? That's yeah. Well, I don't have, I don't deal directly with the, uh, the man, the management company, but um, I'm assuming there is pressure on the other guys and they, nobody really rides us though. Like, because we have this mutual understanding, like, look, we got to get this job done. You know, we'll do what it takes to get it finished. And we all agreed, like, we're on this tour because we all agreed to do it. It wasn't like we're blindsided and all of a sudden we're doing this. You know, it was like, this is a big job. Do you guys want to do it? It's going to it's gonna last a year and a half. There's a lot of stores to do in Ontario. Like, I, I think we're doing 71. And I think we just finished, I think I just finished number 25. A store a week. I'm still trying to wrap my head yeah. around a store a week. Yeah, store a week. So we go in Sunday afternoon. We demo, rip everything out. I go in there and I start figuring out existing stuff, what I can reuse, what I can't reuse. And then the carpenters, they sit down and figure out, all right, we got to keep this, get rid of that, whatever the drawings tell them to do. And then um, by Sunday at midnight, the scanners come in. So we, we pay a premium to get these scanner guys to come in. They scan the floors. Two in the morning, floor cutters come in. They cut the floor. Right after that's done, guys come in and they just dig trenches. They dig the trench all out. Then right in the morning by 8 a.m., I'm back there with the plumbers. The plumbers are laying everything they need to in the floor. I'm roughing in my roughing. I'm usually done my roughing by Tuesday morning. And then uh, plumbers get their inspections. I get my inspections. And then Tuesday afternoon, we're filling the floor back in, pouring the concrete. And then wow. uh, tile guys show up Wednesday morning. They do their tiling. And then during this whole time, I'm all, I have my stuff I'm doing in the back of the store or whatever. So I just keep myself going. And then uh, that's why we're able to get it all done. We just kind of... We keep the trades going. Everybody just has a job. We know when and where to be, and we just jump leapfrog each other. The first few stores we did was obviously hiccups, and we ran Learning. Right, exactly. But once we got a routine going, then we just kind of – and they're kind of cookie cutter. They're, well, it's pretty straightforward. The size and the scope and the dining area, the kitchen area, and service, all that stuff. It's all designed. Scanners yeah. are coming in. How deep can they scan? That I'm not exactly sure. I think uh, two or three feet. All they like care that. about is not – seen anything so they can create a path for you guys to run all the new stuff right that's it well all they care about is uh, making sure there's nothing directly under the concrete yes right and then the cutters come in and cut after that we'll dig we hand dig and then we just find where um you know if there's con electrical conduit under there you know we just kind of work our way around it and then the I'm, it. I'm just thinking of the scanner guys like if they wear red sunglasses thinking they're cyclops or something like that right <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> like dude take the job a little less seriously yeah, <laughs> you know what yeah. i mean i can see through concrete yeah exactly. no that's i'm still fascinated and that that's i guess that's level of respect because you guys are all respecting each other the trade going in there here's the task here's the scope we all work together and we get it done and it, yeah. it's got to have a nice feeling at the end of that process where it's like we just finished the story in a week, man. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Honestly, man, that's yeah. like a, that's insane. Yeah, and I'm actually I enjoy it. Like I enjoy the crew of guys I'm working with. You know, we we all have this like like we go out at <laughs> nighttime. You know, like nice, right? So a lot of them go. I don't go out too much with them, but uh, you know, I, was, I try and you know keep uh, like they're all good guys. Everybody just gets along, and I think that's a key thing. Is where uh, you know we have that open line of communication, and it. I know when the plumber first came in, he was kind of blown away that, hey, uh, like, let's work together on this. You know, I'm in the ceiling running conduits, and he's trying to fish his PAX lines down there. So I'm like, I'm grabbing him, like, just start sending him, pull him. And he's like, 
whoa, what the hell is this, right? Like electrician's You're not gonna, a plumber. Yeah, right? electrician's going to help plumber. I'm like, listen, man, you're going to sweep the floor up after I'm done, so I'll just help pull this back sweat, right? <laughs> so he was a little <laughs> caught off guard that... Yeah, you know, and then now now we get along really well. And, the, and uh, um, like, we work with each other. Like, I'll get up and, you know, his name is Andrew. And I'll be like, hey, Andrew, man, like, what do you got going on in this wall? Because I don't want to screw up what you're doing, right? Nice. Because if I if I get in, I can move my wires. He can't move his stacks no. or anything, right? No. So I'm like, where are you going? Tell me what you need to do. And if I'm already, um, a lot of times we'll run into blocking in walls and we have to fish stuff down the walls. If I'm already in there, um, I'll ask him, like, listen, are you running your pipe up this, like this open spot? He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll just get a bigger bit on my whole hog and I'll just pour them the hole straight up because i mean i'm already doing it yeah. right and then that's working together right where we just kind of like so then he comes in he can get his stuff in i'm pulling my wires where i want to pull them and you know, same thing with the hvac boys there's no hvac on this we, we're only um we're only doing the mill work so it, like uh, coke machines um they got a couple of these new units in that just need plumbing um juice makers coffee like i so guess on. with hvac it's already set up for the space that's there exactly yeah we're like it, like these are renovations not new stores so the hvac is already all there we do have to work around it so we run into a lot of site condition issues um like especially if we're trying to hang monitors and we have to do framing above the ceiling and all the yeah. hvac's in the way so some some stores and monitors had the you know adjustments because you're dealing with that. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, that yeah. stuff's not moving so and so you've got work for the next just over a year yeah right now, i started wise i started in january and uh we'll be going until uh, i believe it's june up next yeah it might even be longer because we do uh whenever there's a long weekend we don't we don't do that week because it's hard to get the inspectors to show up and inspect <laughs> so going into a long weekend or coming out of a long coming week? out of a long weekend so like if it's uh if the monday's the holiday we won't work that week we won't do the job that week so you get a week off basically i don't but we could i just go do other stuff for the company. got it our company's okay. pretty busy so how are the inspectors are they pretty cool they're like it's routine they come in they just they're visually everything's there you can't yeah. hide anything no it's all open and I, and i and i run clean like i don't i don't try like my biggest thing is i take away the excuses what i call it i don't i don't need an inspector coming in and you know He'll sit, like, I've had an inspector come in and be like, oh, you got to strap all this stuff in the ceiling. And I'm like, well, none of that's my permit. I go, this is what I'm dealing with over here. So now if I'm working in those areas, I'm just going to strap it. Like, I just stick to take away the excuses. So then when he comes in, he sees it's a clean setup. All right, everything's clean. I don't mess around. And, you know, I follow the code book pretty pretty to a T. Like, if we're doing demand calcs and stuff, I, I deal with it. <laughs> and then I'll, uh, you know, and then I show him. If he asks for it, I have it there, and he can see exactly what I'm dealing with. What's, right? the per, uh, what's the primary thing that they're looking for? It's just that everything's run properly, visually, like you can, you're not spaghetti up there. Yeah, well, that, there's that, like, because um, I'll run conduits from the panel to the front, so they want to make sure my pipe fill, you know, I'm not overloading these conduits with more wire than I should because that yeah. generates heat, right? Yeah. Heat's not good. <laughs> um, they want to make sure I'm derating wires, so if I'm pulling uh i got to upsize the wire for a bigger circuits kind of thing right so when i want when i have them in the conduit when i'm running more than three wires in a conduit you have to derate it so you know just stuff like that they're looking for um i've had them call me on certain things where but i've had it correct and then they would just see oh yeah you did upsize the wire perfect and then uh, 
all right, this is good. Put their sticker on the panel and they leave. <laughs> That's it. I'm just curious. I mean, how much power is coming into a typical establishment like that? What do they set it up at? Usually it's uh, it's uh, 600 volts coming in and the transformer steps it down to um, 208, 120, 208. And yep. it's usually 400 amps. 400 amps for a typical size establishment. Yeah. Yeah, you have two 200 amp panels or, or 400 amp panel. Yeah. And that's it. And then and then you also have, the I guess, the building inspector coming in for the plumbing purposes and any kind of, there wouldn't be structural at that point. There is, yeah, because we actually, um, we move walls sometimes. So oh. the, so there'll be, the sometimes the building in, yeah. inspector, the plumbing is the same as the building inspector. Yeah. Like that's yeah, happened yeah. a few times Most too. Most of the times. Yeah. Unless, I guess they, there's always supposed to be two different inspectors, but I guess they can both inspect either or right yeah, right and they yeah and they um a lot of times they'll come in they just want to make sure that they you know doorways are wide enough like if we have to throw a doorway in there um wheelchair accessibility all yeah, that, that kind, kind of stuff, of stuff yeah. yeah like the one we just finished in uh guelph on on friday which was yesterday that was the we moved a door and we had exactly enough space but there's shelving inside the doorway so the first thing the guy said if you want occupancy that's got to go <laughs> so it makes sense yeah because exactly. it's blocking the doorway it's blocking the doorway so i mean yeah i'm still trying to wrap my head around a one week man because <laughs> i'm coming from custom resi right so right it's a different mindset so custom i i've worked in a lot of residential as well like our like i said our company is very broad so um but i you know i prefer commercial i prefer commercial what's the top three reasons why you prefer commercial over a custom resi so with a customer, resident, client, 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 <laughs> customers, right? Same thing. So I, don't get me wrong. I love our, our customers are great. And majority of the ones I work with are great. Yeah. Um, sometimes though, they like to make a lot of changes and they make a lot of changes after the fact. So you're, you're finished and then you get a call back. Um, I did one a while back. It was, uh, they didn't want plugs in the bathrooms and I'm like, well, you need a plug in the bathroom. They're like, okay, can you put the plug in the counter? Like in the cabinet, no, you can as in a long commercial? in in a residential, you can as long as when you close that cabinet door, it de-energizes the plug. Okay, right. So I said, yeah, I can, but I, you know, here's what I got to do, and the cabinets you're supplying is not going to allow that. So I got to buy switches and I got to modify. What's the law? What's the reasoning behind not having energy to a, a receptacle inside of a cabinet? So if uh, something, um, let's just say you have an iron curling iron you stick it in that cabinet you close the door walk away that yeah. thing's heating up catch fire Who's right gonna put an iron inside i know I, you're talking about a human being the dumbest species on this planet i get it i right? understand it right so, like, <laughs> <laughs> so i mean because the majority of clients i know they have always wanted to plug a water pick or some sort of rechargeable toothbrush and leave it inside the cabinet so it's constantly charging right but you're right that Someone can take out that and plug in a curling iron or an iron, and all of a sudden you've got a heating source inside of a wood cabinet. It's not. It's not even that. Even if something starts to short out, and you have a less of a chance of seeing it because now it's in a closed cabinet. Yeah. I think there's a rule in a, if it's like a kitchen cabinet, and you got a uh, say like one of those like a, um, Dyson vacuums or something that you plug in the cabinet. For charging unit. I think you're allowed. I think there's a rule. There's an exception to that, but I'm not 100%. Like I said, I'm not heavy into residential. Custom, yeah. Right. So like custom homes, like we just did one recently and, and uh, yeah, it was the same. They want it closet doors. When you open it, lights turn on, you know, there's just so much. So what's the fixture that you're using? I'm just curious myself. There's a hinging mechanism for the door. 
that shuts off or, or trips the switch? Is that yeah, exactly. Just basically when you close the door, it kills the power to the plug. So it would be no different than any door that has a, a hinge mount exactly. light, light feature, right? That's all it is. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's designed for uh, mill work. Because the hinge ones that you have that you're talking about are a little bigger. Yeah. So you actually have to carve out the, yep. yeah. the door frame. It becomes the, the trim uh, guy's uh, responsibility at that point. Exactly, yeah. What I do for the trim guys, though, is I'll, I'll actually pre-cut in the um, 2 by 4 and then I'll uh, I'll make sure it recesses in there nicely first. So then when the trim guy comes in, they can just roll a zip or whatever they want to yeah, do yeah. to have a clean cut, and then my box just slides in. Nice. Yeah, and then it, then it saves me from getting pissed off because I can't find I get a phone call and I can't get it in there. Now I got to use a chisel and carve out and yeah, I don't yeah. want to carve out a two by four. Yeah, exactly. Especially there's a nail right there. Yeah. And whenever I rough in the way I rough in is I want to be able to just walk around with a pair of wire strippers and maybe a screwdriver in my linesman. I don't, I don't want to deal with it. And you vacuum. My vacuum. And your, yeah. your, your container. My, your my garbage can is what follows me around majority Everywhere. of the time is on. Is me. it on wheels? No, I just drag it. You just drag, drag it. Right? It's very light. Like it's just a canvas bag with a hard bottom. So it can sit in a pool of water. What's that retail for? Uh, twenty bucks, twenty dollars. That's insane. I yeah, love that. I brought when I first brought it to the job site I'm on now. Um, two other guys bought one right away. Yeah, they looked at it and they go, "That makes a lot of sense, man." <laughs> yeah, they're like, "This thing is crazy." Yeah, so they're just and they can fold it and throw it in the back of their pickup truck or van. It's out of the way. Like it's very thin, right? So yeah, and it's. Uh, so I'm trying to figure out what else is uh, interesting in the commercial side of the business. There, I guess it's just steady work. You're getting things done. You move on to the next one, and then you get the next that one going. Yeah. Same, well, same. one thing I really love about commercial is conduit. I love running conduit. So, what's the trick with? Because sometimes you'll get a new guy who says he knows how to bend it. Yeah. And then you watch him, and it's entertaining to watch him. Right. So, what's the trick with bending conduit? It, it practice, practice, practice. That's all it is. That's right? all it is. When I first started, I was terrible. <laughs> I was terrible. Pinching. Everything. It was bad. I just, but I had a really good journeyman that actually was patient with me. And, uh, um, he taught me exactly what to do. And he just kept making me do it. Like every time we were in the situation, he's like, you're bending all the pipe. I'm like, Jesus, right? It's so, the only way you're going to learn. Exactly. And now I got pretty decent at it. And, um, you know, I'm good with it. And my favorite thing to use is a hydraulic bender. I love using it for the bigger pipes, but yeah, that's one of the big things I like about the commercial and that it's, um, I like the atmosphere of it, like residential. I'm not really into the, I, I don't even know how to even explain it. I just think that I don't like the material you're using in there. The NMD wires that rips apart on me all the time. I'm used to dealing with BX, like BX. armored cable stuff, right? Yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah, pipe yeah. and fill and dealing with transformers and stuff like that. And then I get into a residential. It's, it's hard on sale because it's a whole other set of rules for residential versus commercial too, right? So, yeah. Is it yeah. different inspectors? I'm curious. No, yeah, uh, no, it's the same. Same guys. They, so they need to know commercial and resi. And industrial. And industrial as well yeah, too. Yeah, they'll show up into industrial. Industrial's got to be insane. Yeah, a lot of it can get complicated. I, I do, we'll do like small Small stuff. industrial stuff. Yeah. Yeah, there's a meat factory in Whippy that we do a lot of work uh, inside and it's like a full industrial thing and uh, there's a lot of controls in that. We have a guy that works for our company who's really good at control. So he's the guy who gets thrown into those places. What's the biggest conduit that you're using on a commercial site? Because I know in Resi, if you have to run conduit, you're just using one inch. I don't think I've ever seen anything larger. Inch and a quarter, that kind of two, yeah. in, two inch PVC at residential as well when you're doing the ser yeah. service coming in. But yeah. 
Um, for me, it's only been really two inch because I'm dealing with small stuff. But one of the guys I work with, he'll, he's dealt with bigger stuff. He's done uh, warehouses and that, so you're dealing with three or four inch. Is it standard? It has to be metal conduit or you can still get away in a commercial? It, can be, it can't be PVC. So I don't, I keep hearing that there is a, a rule where you should transfer it from PVC from the outside to EMT when you get inside. Yeah. And that's what I've been doing. Um, I haven't actually found a rule that, I don't know if it's a building code rule, but I haven't found one in the electrical code book that, now I could be wrong, it could be there, where it st- states that you have to use EMT inside a building. We just generally, I use EMT inside a building. I just, I try not to use any combustible type materials like PVC or PVC, any, yeah. any that kind of stuff. Right? Yeah. So. so the big question, I, I mean, I've asked this to several electricians, is why is it that in here in Toronto, the whole infrastructure is aluminum? Right. Comes right to the structure of aluminum, and then they force you guys to do everything copper inside. Copper, or you mean EMT, like metal? Mat- not metal, no, the actual wire itself. Like, you can't continue it in aluminum, right? Okay, so aluminum is, uh, I find aluminum is not, it, it breaks really easy. Brittle. Right, it's brittle. Yeah. So I maybe that's why they're having a switch. The devices out there, um, co- aluminum devices are really expensive. So if you want to run aluminum inside and, uh, you know, you want to put a plug in, you got to buy aluminum. Well, wouldn't that just be supply chain? Like if you started pushing everything aluminum receptacle wise, right? Switches, it would be cost effective. I just find it funny. I'm only speaking on Toronto because I don't know about other places, but the whole infrastructure on the outside and Toronto is really bad because the whole infrastructure is above ground. Right. Right. Or some areas is below ground and set up in pits or whatever. It's all aluminum. But yeah, then you, you have this argument about how, you know, they, they want to see all this copper coming out of to, to make your connection at the meter. And then it comes into the house and everything has to be copper, right? So we're, we're allowed to run aluminum from the meter into the panel. Okay. And yeah. That, yeah. You're like, even in resi yeah. up to but four, one meter, isn't it? One point something meters. Something Max. like that. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the, the meter base is usually just sitting. The ESA inspectors are going to come out of the woodwork now. They're going to start sending DMs and <laughs> yeah. Hello. Hello everybody. Yes. Send your DMs. It's fine. Uh, yeah. It's fine. <laughs> you know, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Yeah. But, um, as for copper and aluminum, like aluminum's high maintenance too. You have to constantly, um, every few years you should be taking your devices out and just making sure your screws are tight. Cause it's all <laughs> who's going to do nobody's going to do that. that. That's why we have insurance companies will send us in. I've done it where I've gone into re, uh, to places and I have to make sure that every single one is good. Yeah. Before they'll insure the house. Once they find it, a house has aluminum wiring. You know, I've been sent in there. Can you just make sure that every single one, everything, every single receptacle I've got, I had gone into a house where I had to do this. And the first thing I did was I take a light off the wall and the wires are completely bare. Because someone else married copper to aluminum, so it oxidized, right? Uh, and so then... So you can't do that. No, you can't. And then I ran. I did one where in the bedroom, and the guy's like, well, this respe- receptacle doesn't work. So I open it up, and it's a copper-rated receptacle, aluminum wires on it, and there's nothing left of the wire. Like, it's completely gone. That's I think I might even have pictures of it on my Instagram. On the Instagram. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. And while you're there, do you ask them, should I change the Smokies that are all yellow right now? Look like yeah. the Falcons or something like that? Well, it's, I, in that situation, I actually called my boss and I said, you really need to tell this guy. Like, we Time go, to update. We got to go through everything in this house because it's this is a fire hazard. He's got kids in this house, right? So that's risky. Yeah, it is risky. And I, that's why I don't like aluminum. I, I, I Like even still, you take it off, you're 
copper tails on it with your aluminum rated wire nuts and then but you're supposed to put um no locks it's called yeah that's what it is yeah, yeah. so any any aluminum wiring that came out i think it was after 1980 or 1982 is not pure aluminum so technically um when you use those wire the aluminum rated wire nuts you don't need to use no locks but I still recommend you do it. If you Google it, you'll see on So there. how are we supposed to know that aluminum is pre or post? You don't. You, you just put, you just do the no locks. Okay, all right. <laughs> right? That's how it's done. <laughs> you just do it. But yeah, there, if you Google it, you'll, it is on, uh, on Google there. Because I, I remember hearing um, someone was talking about this. And I'm like, I got to look this up. Because before, I think it was 1982, they used a different material for the aluminum wiring. And then... It was somewhere in the 80s. Were right? they just putting filler into the material or something? I'm not really what's sure. The other, what's the mystery meat in there? Like, I don't understand. I don't know what it was, in it, but it would just be more reactive with copper than versus. Because if you read the wire, the aluminum wire nut package, it says that you don't need to use no locks on oh, it. Oh, it actually says that? On the package, yeah. Because uh, I had somebody point that out to me on uh, on a job site. And I said, well, I don't care. This. I'm still going to use the no locks. What is <laughs> funny how you remember, what is it, maybe a decade ago, how the government was pushing CFLs? Right. Light bulbs. Yeah. And if you actually stopped and read the packaging, if that CFL bulb ever broke, you're supposed to call the hazmat unit yeah. because there's mercury inside there. Yeah. But what did every homeowner do? Threw it in the garbage. Vacuum it up or just sweep away. it up. And yeah. little Billy, come here and snort some of this mercury that's in the air right now. Like yeah. that. It was those things were so dangerous. And yeah. they're still selling them, I think, in some of the big box stores. Yeah, their uh, CFL bobs are not good. You They're get rid brutal, of them, get rid of them. but the government pushed them, pushed them, pushed them, and I'm like, I don't like these things. I didn't like them for the color temperature. Yeah, that's why I didn't like them, right? Yeah, like I had, I don't know, I had different warm white or no. In the very early stages, it was always cold. Okay. It was always a colder. It was like always the blue, a, almost. Yeah, it was. Like, it was over four thousand, right? right? So it was four thousand Kelvin. So I was like, I don't like this. This is great for commercial. Yeah. But for a home, I'm not a fan of that, right? And I don't think you're supposed to throw them out either. I think you're supposed to no, you have them to, you recycle. Have to, exactly. Yeah. There's a prop, but nobody ever did that. No. But if you read the packaging, it actually says there, there's a disclaimer, a danger disclaimer on it. Right. Which is kind of, but nobody would ever assume. But then as kids, you're you're like, are we not Star Wars fighting with uh, uh, fluorescent tubes? Oh, yeah. We were all doing that, right? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then bursting them all out, right? So it's just like. And that was cool when they exploded. <laughs> and, but that was dangerous as well, too. Not just for the glass, but for the gas, right? Right. Yeah. So that's what I thought was kind of interesting. But anyway, let me get into a little history here. It's not really electrical uh, related. It's just part two of another series of uh, most expensive woods in the world. So most expensive wood? Wood. Yeah. Koa is 62 bucks a board foot. It's a medium golden to reddish brown in color with ribbon-like streaks. Comes from Hawaii. Hawaii. I've yeah. never seen it, never used it. Ebony, uh, 65 bucks a board foot. It's near black in color, can be finished in extremely high polish. Comes from India, Indonesia, Sri Lanka, and Africa. Brazilian rosewood, I've, I've seen that. It's beautiful. 70 bucks a board foot. South America and specifically Brazil. Pink ivory, a.k.a. red ivory, 80 bucks a board foot. Pale brownish pink, uh, almost neon pink, like your logo, man. Uh, African blackwood is 100 bucks a board foot. As I've seen it. It's beautiful. Deep purple, uh, black color, fine grain. Uh, Arga wood is, what the, are you kidding me? Arga wood is 3200 to 4500 a pound <laughs> or up to 45000 uh, per pound for the highest quality not a natural wood but the result of a southeast asia tree infected with a variety of mold that darkens in color and makes it dense uh wow i didn't even know that one man hmm. 
<sighs> so, um, where what? did you start the whole with the Mike Fun Tools thing? So, I, my wife actually was, I'm not a big social media guy, or I wasn't. My wife uh, entered a contest a while back and won a uh, Bud Light reclining leather chair. So I'm like, that's a big deal. Yeah. I'm like, you won this off of that? And she goes, yeah, I, go, I want to win stuff. So I'm like, what? <laughs> she's like, why don't you go on there and talk about tools since you're kind of a, a tool whore essentially. So I said, okay, all right, I'll, I'll get on there. So I didn't know what to call it. So I just called it Mike's tool fund. That's how it started. Got it. And then, uh, right away I started entering contests and stuff and I won a couple of them and got a few nice prizes. And but then I started really focusing on, on tools. Cause I, I, I was ex- being on the job sites and experiencing tools with a whole bunch of different trays. Um, you know, I try out different brands and that, and I went through a few brands in the last eight years until I finally landed on one that actually works for me after I've, I sat down and actually researched. What are you talking about? Your general arsenal of tools? Yeah. Are you not Makita? So, or you're uh, either Makita or Milwaukee. Yeah. So I'm Milwaukee. Okay. So what I did is when I finally, I started out yellow. Okay. Big mistake. That's odd for yeah. an electrician. Well, I, I was still, I was a first year apprentice. I didn't know what to get. You were confused. Exactly. <laughs> and so I went out and I bought this yellow XR, spent a lot of money. I probably shouldn't have on the set. And I, I let it sit. It sat for a couple of months before I finally actually had to use it. So then, cause on the company I worked for just supplied you drills. And so when I was on the job site, we had no drills left cause we had like 10 electricians working I went and I, I'm like, forget it, I'm going to bring in my drill. And I drilled my first hole in the side of a wood cabinet and the transmission in the <laughs> drill shattered. And I was like, what the hell just this happened? This is the Dewalt? Yeah. <laughs> so I tried to get it fixed. I tried to return it, but because it was past the 30 days at the store I bought it from, they said, no, you got to go to a, a, repair. a repair facility. So I went to a repair facility and said, no, you abused this drill. And you so, made one hole yeah. and you abused this drill. So I, so I, so I contacted DeWalt through their customer service and they weren't going to warranty it at first. And then finally, I think there, it was like a back and forth. This ha- like I said, this happened in 2014. It was December of 2014. <laughs> they finally came back and said, okay, yeah, send it to this facility and we'll authorize the repair. So as soon as they did that, I sold everything. As soon as I got it back, I sold it all. I said, no more. Did it look like when you gave it to them, did it look like it was abused by a tradesperson or did it look like a normal looking drill? It just looked like a normal looking drill. Like uh, when I drilled into the wood, I went right to the butt. So on the chuck, there was a little bit of wear from drilling in there, but that was it. And I pulled out and it just never worked again. I mean, every tradesperson's done that. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Sometimes we do it because we just like that. We leave a little mark around the wood that way. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So it should never, that must've just been a faulty one that was Package. Yeah, so like I said, the, the, the tool itself, you know, obviously something's going to happen. It, it was bad. It was just dealing with the warranty part, which frustrated me. So my uncle, who's an electrician, said, get rigid. They got un- unlimited warranty. So yeah. I, I went and I bought rigid. I liked them, had no problems with them. But as I progressed in my apprenticeship, um, I was starting to run into issues where I rigid had tools didn't have tools I wanted. Biggest thing seller was I wanted a one-handed sawzall, something that I can do cut conduit with while holding yep. conduit right. Yep. So Makes I sense. so I started looking into you know who's got one. Um, Makita had one that has like a seven-eight stroke or something like that. It wasn't very very good. One of my friends who has Makita bought it, 
and it wouldn't cut the EMT. We thought it was a fault. Went and got another one, and it wouldn't cut the It EMT. wouldn't cut it? No, and he went through two of them, so he said, forget it. Was it the blade, or was it? No, like- we tried everything, different blades. He returned it. Even what, was at- it just a stroking mechanism of it or something? I, I don't know. It was a, It's a little one-handed one that kind of looks like... Um, it's like a old style gun. I don't even know how to yeah, explain it. I know right? I know what you're talking yeah, about. And like it wouldn't cut gun. it. Wouldn't cut it. No, wouldn't cut the empty. That's a little surprising. Yeah. So okay. before I bought, I started researching. And you know, I discovered like Makita is a really good brand of tools for carpenters. Yes. They're very geared around carpenters. Yes. And there's a repair facility not too far from where I live where you can if you do run into an issue, you get your tool back the next day. Yeah. Um so then DeWalt, again, I even looked into it, but the warranty thing, I just, I couldn't deal with, with that. So I just took them right off the table. One of my friends ran all Hilti, and I tried his stuff, and he just couldn't wreck it. But I couldn't afford Hilti. It was really expensive. It's twice the price. Yeah, it's, well, now it is. I, I noticed that everybody's kind of, they just kind of got You think this, they did that on purpose? The, all the manufacturers together? No, no, Hilti. When expensive? Put, yeah, put their self at a, a that much of a price point to kind of just eliminate certain part of the market. It's possible. Like they're definitely geared hundred percent towards trades. How is their service? Cause I hear it's good. It's really good. So the guy I worked with, he, same thing, he would take it in and um, they, they had like a, you know, battery, they test your batteries. They, you know, and turn around, you know, repair, whatever it took. Like it, no issues. He had no they issues. They take care of you. They take care of you. Yeah. But they're limited on where you can go. There's only a couple Hilti yeah, dedicated stores, yeah, right? Yeah. So then I was reading about TTI, which owns Milwaukee, licensed Emerson, who owns Rigid. You know, they own Hoover, I think, Dirt Devil, like all these different brands. And um, the one thing that I liked about Milwaukee was they had a good warranty. <laughs> so, yes. And they had the one-handed Sawzall that I had, and they were geared towards at that time, uh, more electrician and plumbers. Yes. I think they're a wider range now with what they have. They're expanding. Yeah, expanding. But they are really geared to They still have a crappy miter saw, and they don't have a table saw. And I think they're just launching a track saw. Yeah, so they have a table saw. It's cordless. Oh, do they? Yeah, they have a cordless table saw. Some guys say it's good. Some guys have said that I've talked to said it's good. The guys that say it's good, are they Milwaukee guys or are they DeWalt guys? Uh, So neither. There's a... (laughs) (laughs) There, uh, there's a lot of the guys I work with are, are everything. They don't care. They yeah, all, they, it's a rainbow. Yeah. yeah, right. And so they, like, uh, like there'll be one guy who has a Dewalt and Makita, and like those are the guys who actually are probably doing better because they're taking the best of each of the brands. Right? Yeah. So, but, but your Milwaukee Sawzall, it, it the reciprocating actually cut the conduit. Cut everything. No yeah, problem at all. A, no problem. I weighed it. I bought the uh, twelve volt version of it when I first started. Because it's, it's lighter and it's easier. Yeah, and it was cutting no problem, but. What I found was um, I really wanted to get into just, I wanted one battery to work everything. And so I, I switched to 18 volt everything. And then I went, I just bought all Milwaukee 18 volt stuff. I have a grinder that's really good. I can cut like three quarter inch rebar with it. And it doesn't stop. It's a rapid stop because I'm one of those guys who lets go of the trigger and lays it down. And Zoom. <laughs> exactly. Right. So I'll this thing, shut, it's got a brake <laughs> on it. Shuts off right away. Right. So, yeah. um, so I ended up just sticking with the one brands. I want the one battery. Like I want to be able to just have one battery and change between all of them. And now Milwaukee's come a long way and so has uh, Makita and so has um, even Rigid and even DeWalt. Like DeWalt is coming in with a lot of good stuff. There's some things that, you know, guys might complain about like um, nailers or something like that. Or Would you ever go back to DeWalt? I would never go back to DeWalt. No. no. Right. no. 
No, I think that once you find your platform and like you said, I just want the batteries. It's just I have all the tools. I need a battery. I grab it. I don't need to find a separate tool, separate battery, separate charger, separate everything. Exactly. Like I'm married to the one brand now. And yeah. Unless they go belly up. I'll probably Which they around. won't. Yeah. Right. So you're a Milwaukee. And that's what it is. There's certain trades like electricians, plumbers, like yeah. uh, HVAC. They're all Milwaukee. They, they suit them. Right. But I think Milwaukee is trying to do what every other brand is trying to do. They're right. just playing in different sandboxes and. So maybe the weekend warrior, you're an electrician, you got some woodworking to do at home, then yeah. you're most likely you're going to buy a Milwaukee table saw and you're going to use that instead of uh, their competition, right? Right. But, but that, I, for that, for, for me as a weekend warrior, I, I'll stick with corded. Uh, yeah, because you're right. plugging everything in, man. Right. So especially with a table saw, I'll stick with corded. I, I don't need a battery powered for weekend stuff like... I don't, I don't need Unless you post it on Instagram and you want to share it off and then... If I get enough people <laughs> who are bugging me about it, I might do might do something on it but like what when i do my instagram or my youtube i kind of i want i know i'm still at the very beginning stages like i'm still trying to find my my way your voice my voice i'm still trying to find my voice so uh, you know i'm trying a little bit a couple different things here and there i do it all just with my cell phone right it's not i don't have any fancy computer or any of that stuff i just do it on my phone and uh, what i want to do is um i want to my idea is to show the tool first talk about it when I first get it. And then after maybe a couple of weeks or a month or so using it, talk about how it uses it. If I can film me using it, I will. I try not to do videos when I'm on the clock with the company I work for. And if I do do them, it'll be like during, like if I'm, I take a lunch break, I'll be like, I'm going to continue this. Sneak I in, do it. Do it, and that's it, right? Well, you're actually doing the videos on a real job site, real work, scope of work, instead of a stage kind of stuff. Right, setup, a lot right? of guys are staging it. They'll get a two-by-four, and they'll just start drilling through where I'm... It's amazing. Look at that. It's first cut, first blade, first everything. Wonderful. Yeah, it's good. Right, right, right. I want I want to show how to abuse. Like I, There's this one tool I have, which is... Um, Klein makes it, and it's called an uh, ET450, and it's a Vance circuit tracer. This thing, I paid like $250 for is it. Is it good? Is, is the cat's ass. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's really good, huh? It's really good. Like, um, So before, I was looking at, it's comparable, which Greenlee makes. It's like $1,500. Whoa. Uh, Ampro makes one that's like $1,500. So I, I was in um, uh, the supply house I go to. It's Oscan Electrical, and one of the guys there, he's like, why don't you try this scanner it's 250 bucks and see how it works out and i'm like 250 bucks i'm like ah, fuck it. why not right so i grabbed it and i tried it and i use that thing daily now every day like when i do these stores i would spend hours tracing stuff out because nothing's labeled nothing's i get in this thing i just clip it on and i go right back to the panel and i tell yeah that's it this is it you know and it will do it'll do up to 480 volts so how did client figure out how to make that product for so much cheaper than the competition I have no idea. Maybe but the they has, it maybe out. from the country it's manufactured I in. I don't and know. I have no idea. But all like I've done a few videos. It's probably I've done probably three or four, maybe five videos of it. I've had it where I've had to trace. Um, I went into this house and they're like, our stoves. They just moved into this place, and the one stove wasn't working, and so I couldn't figure out. I'm like, there's no wire in the panel for the stove, and so I, I plugged hooked this thing up the wires and I went through the walls and I was able through the wall, find the wire and I walked it all the way back and found it in the panel. And actually at the panel, it was coiled up and stuffed right up into the ceiling. And so I guess they put the plug in as a future and then they never, they never did it. <laughs> so I pulled it out and I'm like, here it is. I hooked it up and then they had a stove and that was it. Like all, all it took was just getting it. That's into a smart tool, man. 
It's insane. I picked up stuff in the, in the ground. I had to trace stuff. Uh, like, so I, my, my own house, I have a swimming pool and I had like an issue running underground, a wire running underground. And this thing will pick up and you just follow it until it stops picking up. And then, you know, that's probably where the break is. Right. So you just try and look in the area and I kept picking up one spot. You dig there and then there's your break. I actually, um, my mom has a horse farm and she had, um, uh, she has electrified fence and it just quit working and she couldn't find the break. And so I hooked it up and I found the break. What's the distance it can go? So in this case, it was only like a foot underground, the wire. So I was able to find it. Um, at my house, it was like 20 inches. Wow. Yeah. And you'll pick up, it'll be, I actually have a video of me doing the one at my house. Actually, I put the one for my mom too at the farm. Yeah, I was yeah, trying yeah, to yeah. find it on her ground. But um, I've scanned through... Um, cement floor i was looking for a conduit that was feed because uh one of the that um fast food place i was re renovating yeah there was a conduit that ran into the ground and disappeared we didn't know where it went i couldn't find it i hooked this tracer thing up and i figured it out oh it's running this path here and then i was able to go up the wall and then i found a buried junction box and oh here it is <laughs> right so holy cow yeah and it was through the walls like some it's the signals at that point though the signals weak when you start getting into concrete the signal just. But well, you're still getting enough. I'm still picking something up to trace it, right? To yeah. follow it. Yeah, it might be ten percent, like because the signal's based on percentage from zero to one hundred percent. Yeah. So if I'm getting ten percent, I'm like, well, I'm picking something up, right? I don't know what it is, but it's there, and then you just follow it until you hit it. How would you have done it back in the old days? I guess you would just would have ran a new line. It, they would. Either have... I'd run a new line, or I'd I'd uh, short out the one side of it and then use my meter and just try and pick up the short in the panel or something like that. Got it. Um, that's, and sometimes it's time consuming. Like we do um, one of those big box stores that uh, Home Depot, I guess I'll just yeah, say. Yeah, it, it doesn't right? matter. So we do a lot of service work for Home Depot and a lot of their stuff is 347 volts. And nothing's labeled in those stores. <laughs> so, and we go in and have to do, I got to. You're talking about the shelves or the electrical panel? <laughs> the, the pan, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the panel or even the plugs. Like, because I have, uh, what I do is anything I touch, I label it. That's my, and then if I get brought back or somebody, I, I'm one, I'm rare. I think of the guy coming in behind me. Yeah. Right? So, um, what I do is I try and label as I go. So you this, have a label maker? I have a label maker. See that I every time I see an electrician with a label maker, I'm like respect. I'm sorry, right. respect, man. Yeah, like I like when I do this restaurant, I, every plug's dedicated. I'll label like this is panel A, circuit twenty five, sure shot. Panel B, sense, circuit twenty seven, yeah. coffee maker, right? And I'll label coffee maker so these so the people who are working there know. Yeah, I better just plug plug coffee or plug in uh, sure shot or whatever it is they're yeah. plugging into these things. Yeah. Fridge in this one. Right. So, but when I'm doing these stores like Home Depot, I, I'll put just whatever the circuit number and panel is because these stores have a lot of panels all over the place. Right. And then, and then you're trying to trace this thing. And so you hook up this tracer that Klein has and you take your wand and you just start walking the panels until you pick it up. And then you're like, oh, you know, it's in this panel. There's a learning curve to this tool. But once you figure that out, um, yeah, it's golden. Like this thing is brilliant. So, there's a lot of, I guess, a lot of electricians are buying this thing. I know the store that I purchased it from. I know that when I started doing the videos, they said they were getting a lot of orders. Yeah. And, and uh, I've talked to a few people who posted on my YouTube, and they're, they must be selling them because they're having a hard time now getting this tool. So I think Klein, Klein must be selling. I don't talk to anybody from Klein. I'm not sponsored yeah, by yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they had, like, because... What is, Klein's American? No. 
Client is American, but they have a Canadian branch, but I think they're American. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I think they're American. I know their tools, a lot of them are made in other countries, but I'm not sure. Well, every, every tool is made somewhere. Well, it was funny when I found <laughs> out that a lot of DeWalt's tools are made in China. So are Milwaukee's. And yeah. So there's different divisions. There's some that are made in the U.S. and yeah. there's a big chunk of them made in Asia, right? So yeah. Like Milwaukee, I think their packets are made in the U.S., but all the other brands are made in like The Singapore. pack outs? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they make the packets. In the U.S. Somewhere in the U.S., But yeah. the tools themselves are made in China? Yeah, well, I know of when I've had to get service repair on them, the service guy said he has to get all his parts from China, and it takes forever to come in. Because I, I admittedly abuse some of my tools. Of course. <laughs> right? You're a tradesperson. We're right. supposed to. I beat the crap out of them. And, I, and, I, and they've been great. They're like, yeah, just bring it in. We'll fix it. It's like, that's it? Like, I'm telling you, I actually abuse it. Like, is this going to get... And they said, just bring it in, we'll fix it. And that's it. And then I get my tool back and off I go. Anything else that's cool coming from Klein? Um, For you guys to make your lives easier? From Klein, like, there's... I have that advanced circuit tracer that I use, and I have uh, a smaller version of that, which is you just plug it into a receptacle and you can scan so you're not carrying this kit around. Um one of the things I really like that Klein has come out with are the wireless Bluetooth earbuds. So they're Klein has that. Klein has that. They're not expensive. I I, th- I think I paid less than a hundred dollars for them. So they're a third the price of regular. I think they're way a lot. They're they're not. Um, so a lot of uh, like my I think my wife has a set of Bluetooth ones, but they actually sit in her ear and they're kind of like these ones stick out a little bit. I don't give a crap. And I, I believe there is noise canceling to them because I'll stick those things in when the guys are doing drilling and that, and then it's been fine. I'll play my music. Now, if they start getting the heavy, heavier drilling, I, I have those, uh, like from Canadian Tire or Home Depot, whatever I bought, they're like $20 earmuff. The cans. Yeah. So I'll put those on over the, yeah. over the Bluetooth. Yeah. And so, you know. So why do you like the Bluetooth? The sound's good? The sound is really good. I can talk on it like a phone conversation and, uh. I find that it's not expensive and it cancels out a lot of the noise. Like I don't like a, a lot of times when we're on these jobs, we're, we're there at the same time. Guys are still demoing concrete, yeah, right? And noisy, it just gets man. loud, man. So, so that's a smart move for a client to actually do that, to get that. And now you're using it. I'm using them and they're really good. And they're like a little handy case. And when they die, you throw them in the case and the case charges them again. And then, then you just plug the case in and charge the case. <laughs> it's just, oh, I've never thought of client being, like that way doing that stuff yeah like a lot of my uh a lot of my tools lately i've been buying have been klein not not because i'm a diehard klein fan it's just i find them more practical like they have this backpack i just picked up which has been i a, saw that yeah yeah that thing has been holy crap night and day from the other one i had it's organized <laughs> it's it's a lot more organized my favorite thing is i can take the in, in middle out before i used to have to take half my tools to get the stuff on the bottom now i just take the middle out put it off the side i can access any remember the buckets with the little yep. Yeah, and you get the husky bag. Are they still bag. around? Are they still around? The husky bag makes no sucks. And and bucket, what are they? Bucket belts or, or no? What are they? Bucket pouch or something? What are they? Yeah, called? you stick it in the bucket, yeah, and yeah. all your tools go in the. All you're doing is just you're just ramming everything in the bucket, and then you're playing Russian yeah. roulette by putting your hand in there trying to figure out what to discover. Oh, there's the exacto blade. They they work out if you're trying to get on the roof, right? And you tie a rope around, pull it up, and when you get up top, right? Yeah, but I find that most trades just dump everything in there, and I think that you need a little bit more organization. That's why the pack makes a lot of sense than that. It does. It's a lot more. Actually, the the plumber that works with me, he when he saw my bag and makes sense for him. He's like, um, he goes, I know I'm a plumber. I shouldn't be buying this, but I'm buying it anyways. <laughs> right. So, so I. Why you know, he's got the same size 
fittings if you think about it. His tools are generally similar. Yeah. It, right. And so, so it kind of makes sense. Yeah. And it, and it does. The biggest seller, I think, for him was the, uh, the hard case on the front of it. And it's the Tradesmaster Pro tool bag I'm talking about. Yeah. Which is, I think, 55485 is the part number. But, anyways, it's got a hard case on the front and it's got felt inside to protect your safety glasses. That was his biggest thing. And uh, so when he saw that, he's like, okay, I want this. Uh, he goes, can you get me one of these? So I, I ordered one for him. How so. much are they? Uh, they're, if you get them from Oscan, I think they're like $200, $200 something. That's like not that. bad at all. Yeah. You're still I, on the pack out price point kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. I, th- I think if you get it off Amazon, they're a lot more. I think they're like 230 or 200 Because everyone's getting greedy on Amazon right now. That's right? it, right? So I just, I try, I try to, my biggest thing is buying local. Or, or buying at least Canadian as best as I can. Yeah. Like obviously, some tools in that I can't, but um, like all my work clothes, I buy them all from Northern Boots, and they're a Canadian company. My work boots are JB Goodhue. Like they're a Canadian company, Canadian-made product, that kind of stuff. They're still made here, huh? They're made here, yeah, JB Goodhue. That's very rare, man. It is, yeah. You know that, right? Yeah, everything. Well, I mean, we have a population of 30 million people or 35 million people. In the U.S., it's 300 million, so they're probably going to, better off <laughs> it all comes down yeah to but numbers. the u.s is still shipping all of their fabrication or the manufacturing overseas too right because uh, everybody rules the almighty dollar and i i firmly believe that if you really start supporting the small I businesses and you start too. you know like uh you know we have the space here like we have the space here and we have the workforce here so then why don't we build it i mean this yeah. is a political question but it is it is and the, like our the backbone of this country is built off of small businesses yeah right and so you got like i don't mind going into a place and paying more money like some of the tools that i buy from oscan which is where i buy everything from is uh you know even if it is a little more expensive i don't care I'm, I'll buy it from there. I'd rather Because not. you know that it was made here. Well, not well, even, well, it may not have been made here. It's just, I'm supporting a small business. Like, yeah. just, right? I'm, and that's, I just want local businesses to survive over like Home Depot. Like, like. No, not during the big stores. Yeah, I mean, like, I like the big stores. Yeah. They're great. Like, Lowe's, you know, all of them are great. I just, I like financially, I want to be able to support the smaller guy too. Like, I still shop like crazy at Home Depot. I, I, like I love it that they mm-hmm. are still running a smooth business all the small mom and pop shops yes and even though all the big box came in yeah that was the biggest threat at first all the all the mom and pops we established we have a local we have the community we have local you know loyal customers right i'm sure they were probably threatened you know like really really worried that the big box was just going to eliminate them all right and i love that they weathered all that and then all of a sudden the whole mess that happened from the last two and a half years they weathered all that too you yeah, know what I mean? Still, and that says something to their client base and who they treat and how they treat everybody. So yeah. I've, I've always had a huge respect for all the mo- small moms. It's a mom. personal connection, too, when you're dealing 100%. with 100%. They know people. your name, first of all. Yeah, you walk exactly. in, right? Yeah. So they don't know your name at... Uh, at those big... Yeah, the big boxes. Yeah, you'd have to be labeled or something. Like yeah, that. pretty much. Nothing's but labeled. I do <laughs> spend a lot of money at Home Depot, too. There's no every every trace yeah. person Like does. I support... Like I, I, That's probably the only uh, store like that I go to. I don't shop at any of those other ones. It just seems like Home Depot always has it. 
as whatever. My biggest thing is walking into Home Depot or any of the big boxes, trying to get in and out as fast as I can before regular homeowners start asking you questions on how to do things at home. Right. I have actually run into that standing <laughs> in the aisle way. Because oh, you, you, you come across plug. like, I know what I'm doing. And they're like, oh, I know you're not wearing an orange apron, but it seems like you can answer these 15,000 questions yeah. I have. Of, you know, yeah. and like, no, I'll be wearing go. my hat. Now I know I just take my electrical hat <laughs> off and leave it in the van because I've been standing there where right? I start getting nailed with questions. Like, oh, I don't work here. I don't work here. Well, you're an electrician, right? No, I don't like, work here. Oh, no, I'm just wearing the shirt. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I know? just wear it because I think it's a cool shirt. Yeah, it's a cool shirt, right? And it's, uh, it's, uh, last thing I want to do is give someone advice and they burn their house down and then, right? Then they come after you. If they find me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they go, well, this guy worked for this company, right? Because they see the logo. So it's yeah, so it's starting not- like your first year in, in, in electrical and then now, has it just been about eight years of organization, just trying to figure out how to be efficient as an electrician? So... The biggest thing for me is I want to be able to use my my mind, my brain, right? Okay. So um, I got and and tools. So when I got into this, um, the, so when you say like efficient and organized, yeah, it was all like doing this whole trade. I think anything you do, you need to be efficient, organized. Like my previous job, I had notes, everything was organized. Like I was, like we were running the car shows across Canada and I'd have to work with so many people to make sure we get our cars into those buildings, you know? And so I just kind of took that and moved it over to what I'm doing now and just try So when I walk into a job site, when you talk about organization, like one of the first things, um, um, my journeyman would teach me is like, don't sit there and walk into a place and start throwing plugs in or pulling wire. He's like, sit down for a few minutes, go meet the GC, say, Hey, can I see your drawings? Take your drawings, match them with his. If you, his date's newer, throw yours out. He goes, now you're on his drawings. Smart. Right? He goes, plan your stuff out. He goes, I, I don't care if it takes you two or three hours. He goes, that two or three hours of planning and figuring out what you're going to do. And always carry a notebook. Like, I always carry a notebook. And he's like, write down some stuff. He goes, you might learn something new. You might just figure it out. And then when you're ready, go around and start doing what you got to do. So, you know, and that's... That's how I was taught. I was taught beforehand. That's how I was taught when I got into this trade and just kind of stuck with me. It's the bull and the sun at the top of the hill going down to the cattle at the bottom of the hill. Exactly, right, yeah. Walk down. Yeah, (laughs) I've had three really good journeymen that, and one of them I still work with. Nice. Yeah, and, you know, the one that I work with has been great with, he's, like, very um, OCD, or CDO, because it should be in alphabetical order. Right. <laughs> him and I are both like OCD. We're both very organized. Our vans are always immaculate. Yeah. But you know, he's taught me so much when it comes to like be, uh, being organized, planning. Uh, same thing. He's like he's a conduit artist. Like he's a conduit artist, and he does, he's the guy I was saying like earlier. like like conduit porn. Like it has to. Oh just, my god. They're all like because it's exposed. Right. It's so exposed. He's doing a warehouse, and like I went into this one warehouse, and the runs were so beautiful, and I'm just looking at this like. I could stare at that for hours. You did all this? And he's like, yeah, man, but he's an artist. He can draw. He's really good. Like, and so he's like, just pay attention. Use your measurements. Like, and and he'll get in there and just do it. Right. And so, but he does he have a trick on how to like, is there an increment that he knows the next line? If he does, I don't, I don't know. Okay. All right. Or maybe he's not going to share that. But he's got, his mind works. Like he's a phenomenal artist. Like he can draw anything like freehand. Right. So like he, it'd be funny. We had a trailer on the job that we were at. And he, there's pictures all over the place. And I'm like, when I first got like, who did all this? Oh, this guy did. It. And I'm like, what? You did all these? There'd be a picture of my uncle because my uncle worked with us, right? And he'd just be like, my uncle's big guy and very dear. How's it going, right? And so he'd do some comedy picture about him as well, right? And I'm like, man, this is crazy. And then I see Is he just self-taught? 
the drawing. Yeah. I'm gonna assume so. I'm, I'm not. Never went tr- school formal. No, he's our he's like artistic type guy. Like he plays guitar. Oh, know, okay, right? cool. So very, he's very one of those cool. guys, right? And he's really good at his job. So yeah. So but, it kind of makes sense that he takes the pride in the conduit runs and not even everything. Like pride yeah. in like he's the guy who goes in and if he sees an issue, like he some guys will put horse blinders on. Like I'm only here to fix this, right? Where he's like, no, we're fixing this. And it, most times it's quick, anyways, right? But he'll he's very like so. The way he taught me was. Um, you know, just follow the rules. Like, what's the point? He goes, you people strap conduits. He's very particular on how you strap them. He's like, because it's the rule. He goes, why why create something that inspector's going to come in and crap on you for because you need to strap the conduit properly. So, and that's the way he teaches. Sometimes he can be tough, <laughs> right? But that's how you learn, But right? he's teaching you yeah, a lesson. He, yeah, yeah. He, he, there's been, like I said, three guys. He's been one of my best, you know, instructors. He denies you, oh, I was never that good. I'm like, yeah, you're good, man. So... <laughs> But anyways, but much older or no, very, uh, he's only a couple of years older than I am. Okay. Like I, I started, like I said, I started in the trade. I was 36. Right? I'm 44 now. Right. So yeah. I think he's 48 or 49 now. So he's, but yeah, it's just, uh, but it's good that you started later and you've got all these lessons that you've took from the other industry, brought it in life here. experiences. Cause all these kids years. coming in, they don't have these and they don't know how to do it or why to do it. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I was there 16 years and I start from the bottom at that job. It was like, so I'll just say, cause I don't know what your listeners like, but I believe in God. I believe everything, everybody has a path. And I believe I've been very lucky and fortunate, like very lucky. You know, I, I, uh, I was in college doing computer sciences. I hated it. You know, that I used really to, I worked well in the nineties, like in the early nineties, I worked at a computer store. I was a teenager and we were building computers and that's what I did. And, I, and it was great. And then I got into college to go further with that. And I hated it. <laughs> and so why, why did you hate it? Was, I just didn't like sitting at a desk. Like, uh, like you're typing programming. Like, um, and when I was in high school, we had to make a video game and, you know, I made this cheese ball video game and I'm like, I can't do this. Like, the, cause it was very still, I still think it was in its infancy stages, right? Like obviously the eighties, you know, with the Commodore and all, everything just kind of, Holy man, you're going way back. Well, when at my first computer, I, I ever had my brother's much know. older than I am. You I had know. to program every video game and I still have the book. I found it where you program your video. It was a Tandy computer and you recorded <laughs> on a cassette tape, right? So, you got any floppy disks at home? Man? No, I got nothing now. <laughs> my brother's a big computer nerd, yeah. right? So, I mean, that's what he does for a living now. But I just, I, so I was trying to follow in his footsteps. Older brother, I looked up to him. Of course. Right? I, I just couldn't, uh, I couldn't do it. So I was on my way to a bar. And one of my buddies was like, hey, we need a guy to work in this car wash. You want to come? And I'm like, yeah, why not? So I show up to this facility the next day. And they actually, um, they're a supplier for the auto manufacturer. And they take care, they, uh, they take care of all their executive vehicles. And so that's what the part was, the car wash. And then I saw... They kept bringing in these concept cars of the manufacturer, and also I'm like, "What are you guys doing over in this department?" And they're like, "Oh, we do all the the shows for these guys, and we're all, you know." So I'm like, "I want in this, man." <laughs> and so what do I got to do to get? Oh, you know, because you're a car wash guy. They're like, "Ah, eh, we'll we'll see, right?" Because a lot of guys who come in there just got like the turnover rate was so high, right? And I, they figured they don't think like, anything of it. No, and then I got in there and I worked there for about a year. Then they finally gave me my chance to get into the other side, and, and I just took off. I moved right up. To managing the whole thing around this is where i'm one time like. so i got in there in 1998 and i left in 2014 so pre fast and the furious and mid that. fast and the furious yeah so during the fast and furious period everybody was pushing tuner cars so yeah. this company would build would get all these cars built and then we'd put them on uh toronto auto show would be a big big one we did and we'd have like 200 and something cars on yeah, display at this it point. was a big deal yeah 
Yeah. And so, and that, and then my job was to make sure we get work with the guys, like, cause it was a big team. It wasn't just me. It was everybody. We all worked together, but get the cars to the facility, get them inside, get them washed, detailed, get them placed, work with the various clients and the show managers and get them all inside. And that was my job. Like I, I wore all these hats jumping around doing all these and I did it all across Canada. It wasn't just here. That's nuts. And my bad. phone was 24 seven. Like the biggest thing uh, we did was the Vancouver Olympics. And that was tough because this manufacturer was a big sponsor of them. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. we had thousands of cars there and people running it. And I, I only took care of the small portion of just displays, putting cars on displays or any of the commercials they shoot. We'd have to get the cars for that. And that was a headache because my phone, I think that was kind of like a starting of a wake up call for me because my phone never stopped. And I'm like, okay, there, there's an end coming. So this is before marriage, before kids, before. No, during this time I was married, but the kids were still relatively like one of them. I think I had my firstborn then. Got it. <clears throat> and then I can't remember exactly when the Vancouver Olympics was, but whenever it was. But anyways, yeah. So then from there, I just got into um, the company I worked for really wanted to push us getting other manufacturers because we were just dedicated to this one and so they gave us an incentive to try and get these other manufacturers so there was a sales guy there who would bring them in and i would work with those manufacturers take it from there and we do our thing and we would get bonus pay based on that of course and it was really good yeah. and so you know i'm like okay fine i'll deal with the sleepless nights because the money is you know i just bought a house um we're having kids so screw it i'm just and i'm young i'm just gonna go hard and then one day at the end of one of the tours, there the boss comes and congratulates me on, hey, good job on getting this manufacturer, good job. I'm like, all I care about is the bonus check. <laughs> and he said, oh, that got canned. I'm like, what are you talking about? It got canned. He goes, yeah, as of January 1st, this is April. As of January, this got removed. Like He goes, didn't you get the emails? I'm like, no. And so he pulls it up and sure enough in there it said, they're removing it, but they didn't have me as part of the email. So I'm like, so I did this whole thing on trying and that was my oh. that was my uh that was my that's it i'm out that's your wake up <laughs> that was i was done i that's when i called my uncle right away i like got on the plane i flew home i called him said all right a little sneaky sneaky you know it's just at least give me the heads up right like you don't even have like i by this time i was at this company for so long I had like 15 years i think it was and you don't have any you can't even just give me the heads up that this is coming yeah right that, that was one of the things that really pushed me over and the second one which was the biggest was I came home one day and my two-year-old didn't know who I was, <laughs> right? Because you're gone. Oh, the whole, man, that's terrible. Like, so we'd be gone from January to April, and then then from April, you're home for a month, then you're on another tour till the end of the summer, and then you're on a fall tour, and then you had December off, right? So when I was 20 years old, best yeah. thing in the world. Like, I, I literally was in Nova Scotia. They had these, like, row of bars you never have to leave outside. I can't remember the the name of the strip and I would hit every one of them. And then I had to get up, get on a plane, which was fine. I, you know, I did that till bar closed and I got back, grabbed my stuff and went to the airport, got on the plane, landed in Montreal, jumped on another plane, was in BC that night. And I went right to the bar again, just so I can say I drank on two ends of the country in less than 24 <laughs> hours. <laughs> and I just started going again and I'm like, I did it. <laughs> right? Moving on. Moving on now, right? That's an accomplishment. Like how many people can say they did that, right? No, that's actually pretty cool. <clears throat> yeah. So I mean it was it was a lot of fun. I had a blast and you know, it was great times, but that one thing really stuck me in the side with what they did. It would. Yeah. So and then that's when I got in the trade and then so like all that experience, knowledge, organization handling all the different manufacturers that I had to work with, you know, kind of led into this, obviously on a smaller scale like this, what I'm doing now, I don't, 
experience any stress at work. People send me into these jobs. I don't feel overwhelmed. I don't like, even if they're bigger jobs, I don't feel overwhelmed. I'm like, I ask for information. And if I don't get the information and everything I ask for is either email or text message. So I have copies of it. If I don't get it, it's out of my hands. Like I don't sweat the small stuff. Um, I've learned how to deal with people a lot better with that job too. Cause you know, we'd have crews of 20 people we'd hire locally to come in these jobs to help us out. Right. And I had to learn how to manage all those guys. I learned that you always, when you're talking to your employees, don't talk down to them, talk to them, with. work with them. There's a lot of stuff I learned from, from these guys. Right. You know, I may only work with them for a couple of days, but I've learned so much from them and like all the people I worked with there, you know, they're amazing people and I, and all of them I've experienced. Um, so you, you communicate with your employees and you choose your battles. Like if the guy, does, you know, he comes in late and he doesn't do it all the time, you know, that's fine. You just, hey, man, don't do that again, right? We, we got a thing to do. And that's it. Some guys will just you know, jump down his throat. And it's I like, know. choose your battles. Come on. But if this guy does it consistently. That's different. You start the process. Get your paperwork out and say, listen, I'm writing you up for this. You don't like it. You know, there's a door. There's always a door. It's you as know, simple as that. As simple as that, right? And then you always try and work with these guys because a lot of times there's issues they're dealing with you're not aware about. And I know as a like an employer, you're not supposed to care about what their home life is like, it's but that line. affects. Right? It affects, yeah. Right? So you try and work with the guys. So the line of communication, organization, all that, I was able to carry over into here. Um, so I don't really experience any work stress. I have, you know, home life stress I might experience, right? Like, especially during this pandemic when they shut the planet down and we were in the middle of doing restaurants and clothing stores and all of them shut everything. They just cut the tap off and no, we're on hold. So then we're all sitting at home like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> like what just happened? So yeah. everybody uh, was panicking at that time. Exactly. Right. So we didn't know what was going on, but, um, yeah, so it just led into, um, being organized, being able to communicate with people. Um, being able so it was to, valuable, even though they shafted you at the yeah, end. Yeah, like I gained a lot of experience. Yeah. Like, like that's the only really negativity out of that place, right? And then that company, I, I don't know if they went out of business or gone because there's a whole new company now that came in and took over. And I actually went and uh, consulted for them. And then I worked for them because I left the trade and went to them for, I lasted three months. And I couldn't was it diff- I was. It was similar. Like there were certain things I want because I actually did love that job. They're like, you won't have to travel. You can because everything now is remotely. You can work locally, you know, and then communicate on the phone. Then once in a while, fly out to these events. I'm like, okay, yeah, I don't know how it's gonna work, but I'm willing to try it because my wife and I we talked about it, and it's let's give it a shot. So I went there, and it lasted three months. I I just couldn't do it. I missed this job so much. This is like what I'm doing now. I don't even consider a job. I go in. My wife will say, you know, you go in, you play with your tools all day. You have fun. I come home. I'm happy. There's guys that deal with that frustration. You play with your tools. I play with my tools all day. (laughs) And you know what? I don't, um, the owner of the company now, he's always like, Mike, how's it going? I'm like living the dream. So I say to him, living the dream because I don't feel like I'm going to work. And so guys be like, why don't you go to a union company or go to IBW or go to Custw? As great as those places would be, I'm happy where I'm at. I show up. Um, they give me a job to do. I go do it, and I go home. I'm with my family. I don't worry about anything from work. You know, people may call me. I'm I'm not a dink. I'll answer if they got questions and stuff like that. But I have zero stress, and I'm very happy. That's so important, man. And that was the biggest thing because near the end of that other job too, my stress was through the roof. I can imagine my. You know, I was going to the hospital. Like, what is going on with me? I lost. I went from I was 200 pounds, and I dropped to 160 pounds in three months. And I thought I was dying. And <laughs> so I went to the, I was eating, I didn't even figure out what was going on. 
And my doctor's like, your stress level's through the roof. He's like, you need to take a step back, you know, and try and ease off. And I ended up just having to leave. And so that's... And now, then it changed all the stress. Now I'm back to 200 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> Man, OBC talk, Mike. Building Wiring code. and plenums. Plenum rated ceilings are... I'll, I'll give you some information. You tell me, man. Optical fiber cables and electrical wires and cables installed in buildings permitted to be of combustible construction must not convey flame or continue to burn for more than one minute or not be located in totally enclosed in non-combustible or non-metallic raceways. Right. So that's your, PV, that's your PVC question you're talking about. That's what it is, right? Right. So what you want to do is you want to run your EMT, but you have plenum rated type wiring, like your cat six and that you can get, I think it's FT six yep. or FT four, FT six. I can't remember which one is what, but yeah, you're, you want to make sure that it can withstand burning up to uh, a minute, it says, right? one minute. It's just saying, right. So yeah. not be located also in masonry walls or concrete slabs. They can't be in there as well too. You, yeah, you have to run EMT. Or that. Right. And if you're uh, PVC and concrete, I think you can run EMT in slab as long as you wrap it in tape. But who's going to do that? Who's Just run PVC. Yeah, nobody's going to do that. Yeah. Electrical wires and cables within floor and ceiling plenums must exhibit a flame spread of less than 1.5 meters and an average smoke density not more than 0.15. I have no idea what that means. What does that mean? I have no idea either. <laughs> Electrical wires, cables within floor and ceiling plenums must exhibit a flame spread of less. I guess if it does catch on fire, it can't move. It can't because it can touch something else. Possibly. Yeah. That's a little OBC conversation. So, Mike, this is fascinating, man. So, where where's the future now? You're happy with the Sparky? Yeah. So far, I, like um, I was baiting getting my master license. I don't I don't know if I'm gonna do that yet because I really have. No motivation <laughs> to like, do it. Well, I'm you don't happy. Need to. Yeah, I'm like, like I said, like um, one of your previous guests talked about um, how f how when you get comfortable, your fear, you're facing yes. fear, right? And so I'm comfortable, but I don't feel any fear. I just don't want to. I don't feel like I need to to move on. Like I, I like the place I work for. Even though they're non-union, we have an RSP pension. We have really good benefits. We get paid competitively. Like. Um, it's just, I'm like, why would I, why would I want to leave There's that? There's no reason. Right. I'm doing the small, I'm doing the jobs I want to do, which are the small commercial jobs. I know if I went on my own, I'd have to start in residential, which I really don't want to do. No. Um, I'm happy. Like, uh, you know, I got lucky. I was able to buy my house, you know, 15 years ago before everything before went to madness, before everything went to hell. Right. And so, um, yeah, I, I know like, um, with one of your guests, you guys were joking about, uh, I think it was Jen and somebody, they were talking about um, kids nowadays not being able to buy houses. So when you're renovating, I think the question you were asking was, uh, is renovations going to slow down? Because they were yes. booking out so In far custom away. Rentals, and yeah. Th yeah, and then the concern was, well, can young generation buy houses? And then are they going to be renovating down the road? Because it seems like the only people buying houses now are corporations or landlords, and they're not going to renovate or custom the house. So what's that going to do for us, right? And I know the joke was kind of like, yeah, they can't afford the houses, but that's the reality, right? That's just how it is. So I got lucky, <laughs> right? You did so, very much. Yeah, so I, I'm lucky, and then I'm like, I just, uh, so I'm doing oh good. Like, I, I don't feel the need to have to go off and, you know, start my own thing, right? I think you got the secret. I think you figured out that you've got a, a career, yeah. That doesn't fuel stress. That's it. I don't like, I, as long as I enjoy doing it. Yes. Like, and even, 
I don't know, because my old job, I was always under the pressure. Like we'd have, we'd have uh, like Toronto auto show. We literally would have 30 hours to set that entire show up from, from our end. Like the display guys would come in earlier, but we would show up. I had a good friend who was handling all the media on that back in the day, like probably 20 years or 15 years ago. Right. We'd always get invited to the press day, the media day, and, and we'd be able to go through. Right. And it's just insane what gets set up in such yeah. a short amount of time. 30 man. hours we do. Insane, man. Yeah. I've done, we did, um, uh, there was a, uh, they had this um, singer, uh, Jewel, show up. Yeah. And this manufacturer paid for her to be on the booth. And we had to change the entire display for her concert. And so we started and we worked 36 hours straight to accommodate all this. And then once we were done, everything was set up, right? Why so did you have to change the whole? Because the way they, way they set up the display they couldn't have a stage for her to sing on oh. so they had to move the whole display so they can put her a stage for her right which they should have thought of i think at the before beginning, right this is where the, the afterthought <laughs> so well yeah i know it was just you yeah do. so your days of stress are all behind you now. yeah like that was like stress where i'm on these jobs and i'm like man this isn't that bad like like we're only doing half days, like twelve hours a day, like that's a half day, right? So I mean, it's not, it's not like you're doing twenty hours straight. So I don't, I don't, maybe I'm just designed a little differently because I grew up in that pressure, and now I don't feel that pressure at all. You know, if there is, sometimes I'll get sent in and be like, hey, get this done quick. Well, also I have a horde of tools that I know will help me find stuff I need to yeah. find right away. Yeah. I know I'm not going to be on, uh, like especially quoted jobs if. Uh, you know, I'll get sent in there and I'll get done in half the time. And people are like, well, you're going to take away from your own wages. I'm like, no, the company I work for, I appreciate that. And they'll actually keep me busy. Like, I just keep going. Right? Do so, you think all the new electricians that are coming into the industry are, are basically giving themselves stress? Um, I think so. I don't know if it has to do with their upbringing. Like, I'm Gen X. Yeah. I was, I was latchkey raised a little differently. Um, a lot of the newer people I've learned, I've seen with, younger guys were um, they're definitely used to having a helicopter parent around them so when that parent's not there to give them direction we're not giving them direction um, they're lost they're lost and they're kind of stressed out by it, which i don't think they should feel stressed because like the stress should be on me as a journeyman not them as the uh, yeah but parent. there's structure on the job site and even on yours and on a good custom resi job site right there's structure right right and so as long as you kind of i guess figure out where you fit in this structure yeah you shouldn't really have stress well a lot of them too like they might it might be more instead of stress it could be more anxiety anxiety right and they're feeling like oh if i don't get this plug right you know i know but then they go outside and start smoking weed they go and smoke a joint and then right? go back inside right and then now they're all messed up right and if you i haven't experienced an apprentice smoking weed or anything like that on the job so i'm, just I'm, being I'm sure it happens yeah, of like, course like I'm, I'm sure it happens and that's how they try and relieve their their anxiety, anxiety. they're taking micro dosing or something right so then they're coming in hallucinating right so. <laughs> <laughs> and handling wiring is not a good thing and dealing with volts and all kinds of no it's not a good the big, thing the biggest thing i i tell the uh, especially new apprentices i look at them and say this job will kill you if you don't respect what it, you're doing yeah. you will get killed yeah oh it's lo it's only 10 amps and like all it takes is like 0 0.01 amps across your heart and you're dead yeah. or one milliamp or something like that and you're dead. Yeah. And you know, if you don't respect it and you come in here, you know, half baked or something, I've never experienced any of my apprentices coming in half baked, but I'm sure there's guys out there and just, that's how you die. Right. Um, one of the things I do also with an apprentice is um, I always make sure they get a meter right away. And whether it's just like a, it doesn't have to be anything test, fancy, test, 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 test everything. And I teach them how to test because, you know, I could be down in the basement and you're upstairs and, um, you know, it's a split plug in a kitchen and you shut one 
and the breaker's uh, not the proper two-pole breaker, so you're only one side of it shut off, you know, test it, double check it, make sure it's dead. Like don't, don't get the tickle tester either. Those things aren't reliable. Like that's a last res- I call them tickle tests. a little pen tester. Yeah, I know you don't. Uh, they're a last resort. You know, if I'm trying to find it's something, the GC I'll use tester, them. GC <laughs> tester, right? Yeah. They can use them, right? Get a meter. Like our company is adamant, like use the meter, get the meter, learn how to use the meter and that's it. Right. So that should help take away some of the anxiety. But like you said, like uh, any little pressure, it seems, um, a lot of guys, uh, there was one apprentice we had who was who ended up being terrible. A lot of guys aren't just built for this job. No, they're not designed. No. And if you're always feeling sweating, anxiety, like you're, he was literally just tying in a box of four wires and just like the sweat's pouring and he's shaking. It's like, dude, you're just tying in four wires. Like, leave it open. I'll double check it. Like, it'll be fine, right? But it's taking all day because he's panicking and it's not for you, man. <laughs> like, if you can't do you it. You got to tell them that at that point. <clears throat> you have to. Like, you give them their chance, but it's... Sometimes you just got to, because it's, because not only are they a, a liability, they, they could end up injuring like me, right? As well, because they're freaking. That's out. what I've always said. It's not, you may not hurt yourself, but you may hurt somebody else. And then that's a whole other ball game at that yeah. point, right? So is there a lot more anxiety in the younger generation? Yes. Um, is there a lot more stress when they're coming in? I don't, possibly like they want to do good and show up. That's fine. Um, but the anxiety, I think is the big one that I see a lot of in, I don't know if it's like loosely diagnosed now or what. But there's a lot of guys who. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know anything about it either. But a lot of them are like they're going into electrical, plumbing, and HVAC, the top three, right? Yeah. So that's what they're going into because of the money. I guess the stability, money, security, union, yeah, all that kind of stuff, right? So and there's uh, big. Sh- there's a time to do it. There's just huge shortage. Huge shortage, right? Yeah. And so, so I, I know, like, 20 years ago, even my dad used to hound me. He's like, "You got to get into the trade." He's like, "Stop." Like get in there. He goes. There's always going to be a because you got boom. Well, the thing is, all the boomers are now retiring or dying, and they're 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 the ones staying at their jobs for forty some years. Yeah. Now they're finally getting in, letting younger people come in, and so now there's this huge shortage in the trades because there was that stigma for a while. Like, oh, you don't want to be in trade. You want to go to college. Right? That stigma is disappearing. I mean, it I, is. I know it's disappearing, man. Yeah, it is. It is. And the, yeah, if you want to trades, is it top three HVAC? But even like, I work with a lot of drywallers and tapers and mutters and i can't taper mud to save my life i'm man. envious of the individual trades because you go in you rock and roll you hang drywall you mud to drywall you're out you're yeah. done framing same thing like at roofing it's all gc's probably got the hardest we'll use a carpenter too or gc even you do a lot of you probably have to do everything yeah right, right? so all That's, of it well you need to okay don't worry i'll take care of it i'll yeah. take care of it i'll take this so. yeah a little bit of green book talk before we get wrapping up uh osha electrical safety checklist uh, you tell me yay or nay, I guess, but shut off and ground all electrical circuits before working on them. That's correct. Shut them off and ground them out. Use effective locked out tag systems. And label them. And label them. Yep. Promptly replace frayed, damaged, or worn electrical cords or at cables. Yep. Usually, usually most times uh, we'll be asked to throw them out, but yeah. Do you, yeah, but the problem is you throw them out, someone else takes them and go, look, look what I found. Yeah. Well, what I do is if it depends on where the fray or cut is, if I can just cut it and make it into... And then you make it another... Small, into another cable. Yeah. Ensure that all extension cords have grounding progs. This is not the famous one, huh? That's the one that always breaks off <sighs> every time. And then they're like, well, the neutral grounds it. <laughs> <laughs> do we really need three? I think we can get away with two. Yeah. Protect flexible cords and cables from sharp corners and projections. Yep, try and sleep. Rip them right by steel studs on the outside and just keep pulling, keep yeah, pulling, keep, yeah, pulling keep pulling, keep pulling. 
until there's nothing left. And then there's <laughs> all this little fine black wiring or plastic material there. Yeah. What is this? Who's That's got why they create electrical tape? Just wrap her up. <laughs> <laughs> Use three wire extension extension cords set designed for hard or extra hard service with portable electrical electric tools and appliances. Look for the S. S-T-S-O and S-T-O labels? Yeah, so S-O-W or anything like that, they're basically rated for hard uses, so it depends on the on the tag. It, you know, you can have it in, like, um, I don't know, like corrosive areas or, or something like that. It depends on the rating of the cable. Withstand UV if it's sitting outside all, all day long. That's a big one, too, eh? Yeah, because it, it turns brittle. It right? does, So yeah. you want to make sure you, you got, got cracks cable. in it. And yeah, so it... Yeah. Never bypass any protective system or device designed to protect from contact with electrical energy. Yeah, so you don't want to sit there and stick a screwdriver in a fuse box to, you know, let's just put this bolt in here because uh, my fuse is blowing. Yeah, Hang on, let me it. put my blunt down and I'm just going to put this <laughs> screwdriver right inside there. Locate and identify overhead electrical power lines. Yeah. That's normal, yeah. You don't want Back to, to the drywall out. guys. They like making them dance around there, but we know what the rules are. Uh, keep ladders, scaffolds, equipment, and materials at least 10 feet from electrical power lines. Yep. That's a big one. Uh, property. We have to use fiberglass. We use fiberglass ladders. That's right. Yeah, you guys do. Yeah. Yeah. Properly ground all electrical tools and that are not double insulated. Never use multiple plug adapters. That's correct. Look at that guy over there. <laughs> <laughs> which one over there i the thought you were talking about the one from uh clark glerswell on christmas vacation <laughs> yeah, and his lighting don't use that one right Don't use that one no <laughs> <laughs> what else you want to chat about mike i mean uh so yeah you got the tools going on yep and uh is there anything else that we didn't uh, touch upon um no i think we uh we talked about pre like i got this little list going here but we talked about like i love that you got a notepad man yeah Smart trades working together was one we already discussed on communication was another one huge uh, GCs keeping the trades moving forward that one for me is huge because the word, last thing you want don't is stack trade, trade guys standing around man I know right and then you want to make sure they're scheduled right so, yeah yeah I mean uh, site conditions I guess would be kind of what we already dabbled on well you go in even if it's messy clean it up a little bit don't leave it messy don't contribute yeah. to the mess I try not to to I. When I go into a place, I try to leave it the same way I showed up. Like yeah. um, residential, if I'm fishing wires in their walls, I have scanners that will actually tell me exactly where I can drill. So if I go in the attic, it will tell me where I can drill through without causing damage, and I can fish my wires down. I have scope cameras, so I can stick it in the wall and make sure I'm not going to drill. What's the length? For the camera? The scope camera, yeah. So it's just a little, it's called. It's made by um, uh, Ferret Tools. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's a Ferret Plus, it's called, and it just screws on the end of your fish stick. And it's only this big, you know. It's Works off of a Bluetooth signal or something? Bluetooth to your phone, yeah. Wi-Fi. It goes oh, to your Wi-Fi. that's pretty cool. Yeah, and so the camera's on there, and then uh, it will allow me to fish through. Unless it falls off and it's... So I had that happen to me once where it fell off in a ceiling. And, uh, I Did was, you have to fish it? Oh, my God. No, I had to get into... I climbed in the ceiling. I was able to find an... Act, it was in a, um, a mall. And they had a... Dr the ceiling in the store was completely drywall. And I'm like, how the hell did they get in this thing? And I was able to find... Somebody had already cut out an opening from before, so I crawled my ass in there, and I got, and I found it now because I'm like, I ain't leaving this thing. No, you can't. Uh, no. So, anyways, but yeah, no, this thing, uh, it it only fell off because I had the wrong, because uh, th it threads onto your fish stick. Okay. I had the wrong because uh, it has different adapters, and I had the wrong one on. So after that, though, I learned my lesson, and now I make sure I got the right one. And I actually ordered some some because you can order more from Ferret Plus on their website. Are they crazy expensive? 
Uh, no, I think I paid thirty dollars for everything. That's not too like bad. They they sent me a replacement lens, a new because it's waterproof, so a new gas. Customer service. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. That's Customer it, right? service. It's as simple as that, Dewalt. Yeah, you know Dewalt, what I'm saying? Yeah, it's yeah. just like it's just like yeah. under, it goes a long way. Yeah, it does. You leave a bad taste, man. You're gonna see that trace person never touch your product ever again. Exactly right. So I mean, and that's that's what happened with me. I'm one person, so I just like I, the way I operate. If I don't like something, I just don't buy it. I don't I don't go online complaining about it or anything like that. I just don't buy it, and that's it. Uh, so, there's no Karens in except now, I guess. Right? I'm uh, carrying right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the wall sucks. But, <clears throat> but yeah, yeah, no Karens in construction. No, <laughs> us as trades people, like we're not gonna friggin' t- spend the time and effort to go there and just leave all these bad whatever comments. No, and no, just... and a lot, yeah, a lot. A lot of us just don't care. <laughs> like we're just, we just move on. You just move on. Because right? you know what? Somebody else will come along and they'll give you their product and you'll try it and it'll work and then you'll they'll take care of you. Exactly, right? As so, simple as that. Yeah, and the ferret people are really good with me and they just they just told me exactly where to go, what to look for, and I was downloaded and that's it. And then I'm able to scan I can take this thing and send it right down the wall and it ha- it beeps too that's if you're clever, near electrical. Man. That's clever. Yeah. Yeah, you, it's you prefer the fish sticks or the fish coil? I, so I have like four different sets of fish sticks, all different sizes, and I have two different types of fish tape that okay. I use. So it all depends on the situation. And, you know, I prefer, I have this one that um, Southwire makes that's uh, glow-in-the-dark fish tape. And it, oh, it, I like that. Yeah, and so if I'm firing, I'll just glue like a stick to the end, like tape a, one of their Southwire fish sticks. I have that also glue. I'll tape it to the end of this thing and throw it down the ceiling so I can fish. Like if I'm ever doing data I, I also do data. So yeah, a bunch of stuff, yeah. Yeah, and I'll send, uh, it'll get me to my path, pull my string, but I can see where it is when I go to the other end, right? Because a lot of times, now I have lights, but before I didn't, <laughs> right? Cause so, and for all you plumbers out there, when I'm talking about fish sticks, there's no Highliner logo on it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Yeah, well, plumbers are fish in their packs. I know, I know, right, so. but there's always <laughs> that jab between the three. That's all it is, yeah, right? Yeah. There's, so always, there's always. I could have chosen framers or I could have chosen brickies. Oh, 100%. And yeah. they'd be like, what? I'm having fish sticks for lunch today. That's what I'm having. No, yeah. no, no, no. It's different. I'll, kind bu- of I'll bug the plumbers, man. I'll see them come <laughs> in with a broom and I'm like, what's that thing? <laughs> Isn't that what the wife rides? And then, <laughs> <laughs> then you go home, your wife punches you in the face. Yeah. <laughs> so. Why'd you say that? He's such a nice guy and his wife is lovely. Yeah, yeah. Don't say that. You're picking <laughs> fights at work now. Oh, You're no. supposed to be at work having fun with tools. Yeah. No, her and I get along well. We make fun of each other. It's all good. Uh, that's funny, man. Yeah. The best thing is uh, she, one day, I'll tell you this quick story. Yeah, yeah, go on. Where we were bickering each other at the dinner table and my father-in-law is very old school. And so... She gets up, goes in the kitchen. He gets up, follows her into the kitchen. He's like, I don't like the way you talk to Mike. <laughs> he's like, he's a man of this house. He takes me. I'm like, what? <laughs> you just created more problems, oh, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. She's like, that. I'm your daughter. <laughs> we were making fun of each other. And he's like, you shouldn't be talking to him like that. You know, you should have more respect for him. And I'm like, it's, it's okay, man. I'm like, relax. <laughs> So yeah, no. Oh, that's funny, <coughs> Mike. Thanks so much for coming on the show. We still got the twelve questions. Um, it, well, on Instagram, it's Mike's underscore tool underscore fun. That's correct. Yeah. And then you're gonna start expanding that and doing a lot more fun. I'm still blown away by that client, man. I gotta check that out as well. Advanced too. Circuit Tracer ET450. Oh, I got a few videos on YouTube with it. Some on Instagram. Awesome. Yeah, you ready? Uh, you ready for the twelve questions? Go right ahead. What is your favorite construction word? So my favorite construction word would be innovation. New ideas design. So anything that can move us forward, whether it's technology or anything like that, when you're on a job site and, you know, anything that comes up with that's innovative. You know, I, I like that. What is your least favorite construction word? This is impossible. I can't do it. <laughs> I don't like that. 
figure it out. Come on, like uh, one of the talk. Problem solved. Solutions. Like stop with uh, I can't do it and just come up with okay, what can we do? Exactly. Right. Don't go to the client and say we can't do this because the first thing they're gonna say, well, what can we do? Well, you go there with a couple of solutions, right? We can do this, this, and this. Here's why we can't do it. Let's do it's this. True. This, right. Solutions. What turns you on in construction? Uh, biggest thing, uh, obviously the use of tools, but finishing the projects. Like I am one of those dads that takes the kids and like there's these apartment buildings in my area that we did from ground up. And I'm, hey man, I was I was on these buildings. I wasn't nice. there the whole time. I was only there for a couple of months. Some guys were there for two but years. You worked on that. Oh yeah, and I'm like, it's a proud thing. And even my son, who's like 10 years old, like my dad worked on those. That's right. <laughs> so, fin- like finishing projects. Yeah. What turns you off in construction? Um, lack of communication between the trades. We're, we're all there to work with each other. We're all there in the end to satisfy the client. And our goal is for the GC to bring us all back on the next project. If we're not working together and we're bickering and fight, fighting. GC's not bringing you back. GC's not bringing you back. He has to retool, retool the team. That's it. And, and the client, like, cause I, I'll do a lot of commercial. These guys might own more than one facility, but gonna, I don't want these guys back. Right. So it could cause problems for the GC as well. Just communicate, work together. Like there's no reason why you can't like plumber. I, you, I hate when I run in the job sites and you got HVAC and plumbers, electricians all fighting each other. Like I, I look at it like, don't call me until dead last. Cause I can work around the HVAC. I can work around the plumbers, but you know, like in this, where we're doing these stores now, I work very closely with the plumber. I'm like, Hey, how are you going to do your stuff? Then I'll work around you. Because you're giving yourself shorter days now. Way shorter. By doing that. Yeah, way shorter. Then you can have more fun with the kids and personal. 100%. What's your favorite curse word or phrase? <laughs> uh, my favorite uh, curse word phrase would be fuck the shit. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, this is going to be interesting. What's your favorite vehicle of anything in the world? So... When I was in my 20s, I had a 1987 Monte Carlo SS oh. T-top that I had um, an engine built for it through, uh, they're not around anymore, but it was Terry's Engine Center. So he used to build that's a nice, that, that's actually a nice shape, man. Yeah, it's, I love the choo-choo front end. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was my sleeper car, and, um, you know, I'm not going to admit to racing, but, you know, we drove it hard. <coughs> no, and, you and drove I, it. I drove it. That's it. Yeah, you easy cruise, it. you know, T-tops off. Exactly. So I, I miss that car very much. One so, day. Yeah, well, maybe one day. We'll see. I'm kind of looking, leaning towards now. Uh, I want to get a Fiero as a project car for my kid to do because it's small. Which year, first or no, second generation? No. So the, uh, well, basically from uh, 84 to 86, they were the same car, essentially. Yes. Yeah. Citation, front end, and uh, Chevette back end, or yeah. the other way around. Yeah. And uh, 88 was the only time they actually revamped the entire model. I would love to get an 88 with the T-tops. They only made 614 actual factory-made T-top 1988 Fiero GTs. I love the fine. I found a couple, but they're, they want like 25 grand for these things because they're rare. They're rare. They only made them for six months of that year. And then GM just kiboshed it. Yeah, GM's <clears> made a bunch of great moves like that. So, I mean, I think it was because they had like the Buick Relata was also a two-seater. They had a, yeah. um, uh, the Corvette as well. And I'm pretty yeah. sure the Corvette dominated them all and said, get rid of those cars kind of thing, right? Yeah. My theory. But yeah, my favorite car, 87 Monte Carlo SS. Least favorite vehicle? <laughs> Anything Dodge. I cannot stand Dodge. <laughs> like, Anything and everything Dodge. I, I hate Dodge. I just like even like, like Plymouth, so, uh, New okay. Yorker with Corinthian leather, that I, kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I like 
the old road runners in that. I do like those. Like from Yeah, but you're going back to the seventies, right. sixties, right? I don't I just don't like anything Dodge. with that monster tail on the back, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I was always a GM guy as well, but um even that, even now I'm kinda like like I have a I drive a two thousand six Colorado that I bought brand new in two thousand six and I still I take care of it. It's got ninety eight thousand kilometers on it. It's yeah. gonna last forever. Take man. care of it. But yeah, Dodge is my worst. <laughs> What construction sound or noise do you love? My, I love when other trades are not there. <laughs> Just the quiet. <laughs> so what I, I'll try and do sometimes is I'll try and go into a site a few hours before knowing when the, before Everybody the other. Else shows yeah, up. and then I can get way more done, and then it's quiet and peaceful. That's just the way I am, right? I can throw my earbuds in and just listen to some music and not worry about some in guy. the groove. Yeah, no, yeah, that's it, right? Like yeah. I get in, I do get into a groove, and I find myself like I rarely take lunch breaks because once I'm in that groove, because I'm I'm at, I'm having fun, I'm legitly having fun. People, you need to take a break. I'm like, screw that, man. I'm going good. So, but anyways, yeah, you get you're right, groove. That's it. What construction sound noise do you hate? Hammer drills, SDS drills, pounding concrete. It's like the endless ringing in your head. I cannot stand that. <laughs> what profession other than your own would you like to attempt one day? So I would love to do, um, if I were, it'd be uh, a mechanic on classic cars. So that Monte Carlo that I had the engine built for, I'm the one who did the engine swap in it, all, all the work on it. I had a Cavalier before that that I completely tore the engine down and built it. And now I know it's very basic and very... Still, I did it all out of the Haynes handbook they used to buy from Haynes Tire, right? Still. I had fun doing it. I enjoyed it. So, yeah. um, if I had to choose a different career, I'd probably take a mechanic on classic cars. I don't want to work on people's cars. I don't want to work on. I just want to work on that classic. I want to work on your cars. Yeah, exactly. There you That's go. That's all. Right. What profession would you never want to do? Oh, plumber, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, plumber, just digging at you. <laughs> Nothing wrong with being a plumber. I just like making fun of them. They make fun of me. They so drive okay. all the Porsches, man. That's what plumbers do. Exactly. Last right. question. Smell is money, right? That's exactly <laughs> it, man. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? So I show up there, and it's uh, fridge is full of beer. You got tacos and steaks and nachos <laughs> all laid out. Just take a rest before you see your family. That's it. Just sit nice. down. Yeah, drink my beer, eat my tacos and nachos. and Endless supply. Before I see the family. That's it. Yeah. Nice, man. Yeah. Pleasure, Mike. Thanks so much for hey, being I appreciate on the show. It. Thank you, man. Thank you very much. Everybody, man. check him out on IG. It's Mike's with an S underscore tool underscore fun. Yep. Enjoy it. So, yeah. I, I like that you're seeing a whole bunch of positivity in the trades business, man, that there's no stress for you, man, which is great. Yeah, like I, I think everybody plays their part, and I think every one of them is. When people ask me what's the best one, I'm like, there isn't a best one for the trade. Pick what you feel like. What did you like doing growing up and stuff? Like, I, like woodworking is my hobby, right? And I've done a lot of stuff, but electrical is just like this is where I have the fun, and I get in there. And this is for me, it was electrical. This is I love figuring out. There's a lot of math involved, the circuits. Like I love all that stuff. I'm terrible at math, but I don't care. It's but it's challenging, right? And that's what makes it fun. But you're very smart at electrical math. Yeah, if it's not challenging for me, I can't I can't do it. I go brain dead. So I mean. So I got one last question. What's the one Star Wars question should I ask you? <laughs> go ahead, ask me. I don't know. Stars. What should I ask you? <clears throat> Are we a fan of the new ones? Do we hate them? Okay, so the way, so the first three that came out in the 70s were the middle of a story. Of course. Part four, five, six. I must have watched those movies several hundred times. Of course. I've, had, I've worn out two sets of VHS tapes. Of course. 
worn out my DVDs, discs, and I have Blu-rays that are pretty much on the way out the door. The first, prequels. the prequels were made for children. And that's, yes. that's how he made them. And I thought they were good. I really liked them. And my favorite one was the third one. But I, I had to put myself in that mentality that this is of a, a child. This is a children's story, right? Yeah. And I thought it was great. The last three, I felt were the repeat of the middle three. Yeah. I thought they it were was just... was nothing new. Nothing new. They just took the same. Nothing creative. And then the Mary Poppins thing floating. <laughs> I couldn't, I, that's what killed it for me. Soon, I'm like, this is... All it. three. I've only seen the last three once each. Yes. And I can't watch... I've seen the middle three countless times. Yeah. Maybe I've seen the first three once or twice or maybe third time. That's about it. Probably Revenge of the Sith. I've probably seen it the most out of the three of them. But yeah, I can't watch these new ones. I just don't like what was done. It it was almost like a corporate stamp was put on it and just do what was already done and we know it worked. Yeah. So keep on doing that. Yeah. Well, one of the branch off movies, Rogue One. Which was really good. I thought that was really good. I thought that was probably a better one out of the whole thing. Yeah, and it was a good way to kind of tie everything together, and you can't go wrong with that last scene that kind of ties right into part four, right? Exactly, and it. And I thought, and then, but I haven't really. I tried a like a Mandalorian a series. I can't watch it. Really, I, I can't go past it. I I tried half an episode. I try to watch Andor. I try to watch Andor's. It. I couldn't get into. But it. I've got such a negative light when it comes to Disney. Yeah, I'm the same way. I don't. I don't. I mean, I understand what George did. And, you know, selling it. But I think that he probably would have been better if he sold it to somebody else. I think so, too. Yeah. Well, he was in his 70s, too. And, and at that point, he was like, I'm done with it. Right. And yeah. It's just that's it. New generation. But it's not it's not fair to us, the fans. You should have tried new ideas. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. There was all new ideas back in the late 70s and early 80s. There was plenty of new ideas there. Yeah. And they didn't try a single new idea. No, they they repeated exactly the same. Yeah. And now, and now they're just doing They're kind of working off of. It's money. It's Everything comes down to the bottom, what it is. bottom dollar, and they want to try and make it. Yeah. And so I thought we just ended it on that. That's all. Yeah, perfect, man. <laughs> no, thanks so much, Mike. Really appreciate it, man. Uh, all the best to you, dude. All right, we'll talk soon. So Take care. We out of here.